Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Now, following a retreat from all-time highs earlier this week, U.S. stocks ended the session overnight on neutral ground. Now, investors' attention has shifted towards the PCE index report, which is due tomorrow, and it's a key inflation input into the Federal Reserve's rate-setting decisions. Now, investors are also wondering whether the AI momentum will sustain while economic and inflationary worries persist, considering the current trajectory of the U.S. Stock market. Then, what kind of momentum should we expect going forward? Well, joining us on the phone today to tell us more is Audrey Go, who is the head of asset allocation and thematic strategy. Hi, Audrey. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Okay, Audrey. You know, last week it looks like stocks they've reached new highs following a spectacular earnings report from AI favorite Nvidia, and you know, new inflation statistics that will put the rise to the test in the next coming days. And investors are now watching whether this AI momentum can last as economic and inflation risks linger. So, how did the U.S. market fare at the start of this week compared to the previous week? I think we have seen a slight breather for now because mm. previous week the rise has been quite robust as well, and to us a little pullback from here will also be likely to be healthy for the market mm-hmm. uh, long term as well, given it quite well since the end of last year and even to the start of this year. Okay, so has the investor confidence and risk appetite changed at all? I think people are a little bit more sanguine when it comes to U.S. as well as technology momentum that we've been seeing because of the uh, comments by some of the tech companies are in fact quite constructive. In terms of greater investment seen in AI and tech-related fields,、mm. which really gives confidence that you know, since earnings are also being revised on a positive front, that may provide more legs to the rally that we've been seeing so far. Okay, so I mean, in the face of this prolonged economic uncertainty, though, what factors could, you know, strengthen or weaken the market's AI momentum? I think earnings delivery will be one key factor to be watching out for because、mm. many of these AI stocks or even growth stocks in general. Uh, they are quite richly priced, and we are in an environment where interest rate is still quite high. So, if we see, you know, lower interest rate or lower yields for that matter, that should be positive for the valuation multiples for these companies. But at the same time, importantly, we also need to see them delivering earnings, and that's something that we'll be watching out for. Mm. Well, I mean, earnings. Approximately 80% of S&P 500 firms they've reported positive Q4 2023 earnings, and earnings surprises have been quite broad, with all 11 sectors enjoying a positive earnings surprise. How would you say the latest U.S. earnings season fared? I mean, which sectors outperformed and which sectors were the laggards? So we were actually pretty surprised with this broad-based beat in terms of earnings expectations.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, if you look at the key outperformers, those are communications, healthcare, as well as technology sector. And these are the sectors that we are also overweight on. We have to overweight on since、mm-hmm. the beginning of this year as well. So healthcare also did quite well, even though it is supposedly a more defensive sector. And the only sector which is maybe slightly of a laggard is in the energy sector, where earnings revisions also been revised lower. Okay, I see. So, how does this now impact the outlook for growth stocks? So, growth stock this comprises mainly of technology companies, and broadly speaking, growth stocks tend to benefit more when interest rates are fall. And if we look at the earnings growth that we are seeing this year, I think last year earnings growth for technology communications, for example, was rather muted, and this year we are expecting earnings to rebound quite strongly into double digit. 
And that is likely going to be driven by, you know, in AI, cloud computing, some of the sectors that uh, we like within technology, uh, which we expect to continue to do well over the course of this year. Hmm. I mean, given the inclination towards industries like cloud computing, AI investments and, you know, semiconductor sector, what specific factors, you know, have contributed to their bullish outlook in the current market environment? I think for one, uh, we are seeing a trend of greater AI-related investment demand by corporates because it is also one way to boost efficiency, boost productivity, reduce costs as well. And then second of all, we are also seeing some normalization in the demand for chips used in electric vehicles. And together, this should have provide support to the semiconductor industry, which has had quite a rough year last year. And in fact, if you think about it, increasing AI investments will also likely increase the demand for advanced semiconductor chip as well. So both actually go hand-in-hand as we see greater integration of AI into corporate, into investments. That will also support every in terms of cheap demand for semiconductor. So these will continue to uh, contribute to the growth momentum that we are seeing in this sector. Oh, okay. So what sectors are providing buying opportunities given the latest earnings results? So we like technology as well as communication sector. I think mm-hmm. uh, the long-term structural blueprint for them is quite intact given that we're also seeing greater AI adoption. Obviously, you know, the valuation is a bit high at the moment, so we might see some consolidation in the near term. And then for healthcare as well, there's also one area that we like to, given that it is a sector that tends to be a bit more resilient even during periods of a growth slowdown. Oh, I see. And, you know, besides the growth sector, Standard Chartered has also recommended the healthcare sector as part of a barbell strategy to give, you know, defensive exposure in case U.S. economic development slows. Could you help us explain to our listeners who might not be well aware of this barbell strategy? What is a barbell strategy and how can adding the healthcare sector as part of this strategy help one's portfolio amidst potential slowdowns in the U.S. economy? strategy is basically an investment concept where one tries to strike a balance between risk and reward, mm. uh, where you can invest in a high-risk asset and combine it with a low-risk asset, whereby you create this barbell at the extreme end. So take the example of you know sector investment. Technology stocks, technology sector tends to be more volatile. Their earnings tends to be more correlated with the business cycle, the business investment. So a lot more correlated to add and source economy. And then you compare that with healthcare, where earnings can be very resilient. People still mm. get sick even during a recession, right? Right. So if we pair them together, we can sort of achieve a better balance between risk and reward in an investment portfolio. And if we take an even broader view, you know, just outside of sector investments, just looking at broad investment portfolios, one can include both equities, which is more volatile, higher risk, together with bonds or developed market sovereign bonds, which generally low returns, but can be expected to perform well during recessions. Okay, I see. Then what signals, you know, might point to a slowdown in the U.S. economic growth and justify the suggestion that investments in defensive industries like healthcare be increased? So I think it is quite important to monitor the labor market because if we look at the U.S. economy, it is very much consumption-driven. Mm-hmm. So more than 70% of the U.S. economy is due to consumption and the sector as well. So any crap the labor market will then impact the economy on a more significant basis. So for now, if you look at the labor market, it still looks quite robust. Jobless claims have been declining and still remain at the lower end of the historical range. And some of the early signals in terms of what we can watch within the labor market it can be the light of growth in temporary help, for example, because uh, before company cuts permanent staff, they normally first reduce temporary help. We can also look at the number of permanent job losses if that's creeping up significantly. Mm. Uh, for now, uh, this is still at the cycle low, but we are seeing some slight signs of picking up. 
I see. And speaking of the U.S. economy, I mean, the most significant challenge to markets this week will likely be the newest reading of the Fed's favored inflation gauge, which is the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, which will be released tomorrow. And the hotter readings of producer and consumer inflation, they have already increased the likelihood that this measure might top expectations as well, which could, you know, further push back expectations for when the Fed might deliver its first cut. So what are you expecting? Could the figures top expectations? Well, the risk that it certainly could, given the upside surprises that we have seen through the headline CPI print as well as core CPI print that has gotten recently. But as a whole, we are expecting the ongoing disinflation to continue. Mm. Uh, given that, if you look at the various uh, CPI figures, even PC, for example, shelter is in fact quite a large component. So within PC inflation itself, it is almost 20%. And as a whole, we have seen very sharp drop in new rents in the U.S. actually over the last couple of months. And we do expect that to feed through into PC as well as headline and inflation figures over the course of the next few months. Mm-hmm. So we do, do expect this inflation to continue as we progress through 2024. I see. I mean, markets are currently pricing in just about a 20% chance that the Fed will begin easing rates in May. Given your expectation of the PCE index figures, when do you expect the Fed to start cutting rates? So our expectation is for the first rate cut to occur sometime in the middle of this year, mm. when there is more evidence of a slowdown in the US economy and with a total of about four to five rate cuts for the whole year. I see. Will that leave room for further upside in U.S. equities? Uh, we think so. We think about U.S. equities. And in fact, um, based on our analysis, performance during periods of pause or extended periods of pause between week cuts, week pause to the first week cut, that period is actually quite good for returns when it comes to U.S. equities. And mm. on average, for example, if you track the last four week pausing cycle, the returns, the annualized returns for U.S. is actually in fact quite decent, over 20%. Uh, so this is still one key area that we like. I see, I see. And to wrap up our discussion here today, Audrey, you know, on the U.S. market landscape, what other factors or indicators would you advise investors to remain vigilant about in the coming weeks? Uh, I would say the growth data coming through this end of this week as well. We have the U.S. PMI data coming through, mm. which will give a sense of the outlook on manufacturing growth. That particular area has been in contraction zone for the last one year or so. And we are starting to see some nascent signs of recovery. So if that nascent recovery were to continue, it could give people more confidence in terms of the growth outlook when it comes to U.S. related assets. I see. Well, thank you so much, Audrey, for your time and your insights today. Thank you. Thank you. We've been speaking with Audrey Goh, who is the head of asset allocation and thematic strategy at Standard Chartered. I'm Hong Bin Jung, and this has been Money in the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.